Okay, keep me honest on this one. In case I drift too far into like Freakyville or La La Land or Theory World, smack me. Metaphorically, you don't have to actually smack me. That seems wrong. But keep me honest, because this is a conversation I've wanted to have for a while. I think it's important, and it's time. Hey everybody, pre-accident investigation, Todd Conklin, how are you? I hope everything's great and life is wonderful and the year is kind of shaping up to be what you want it to be, um, if that's possible, because I'm not sure how much we want the year to be actually has control over what happens in the year, but there must be some connection between our desire that we put out in the universe and what we get from that desire. Um, when you figure that out and understand and can answer that question, call me or put comments in the thing or whatever it is you do when you interact with social media as a Twitter. The interesting thing about today's podcast is that I really want to talk about an idea that it's time we talk about. And it's not that we haven't talked about it before or not that you haven't read about it or, or delved into the idea as deeply as you could. Is delved a word? Is that past tense? Maybe. Who knows? You'll have to correct me on that, too. But I think it's time to sort of go back to those fundamentals. And you can kind of see that this year the theme is to stay really at the fundamentals, which is normal, right? As as more and more people start adopting these ideas and as other organizations really around the globe start getting better and better and better at understanding really human and organizational performance, we know some things will happen. And one of the things that will happen is that we naturally are going to start the conversation where we are, not probably where it should start, but where we are. And this is a this is a, a kind of a risk of thinking about these ideas and managing these high-risk programs around the globe that really focus on creating stronger and better reliability. And that is that you've really thought about these ideas for a long time. And so they seem basic and fundamental and kind of no-brainers. You don't need to talk about them very much. And yet, when we interface with people who actually do the work or lead the work or manage the work or are a part of creating the work, we oftentimes don't give them the benefit of the same amount of journey that we have had in order to get where we are. So we kind of start with where we're thinking. And what's interesting about that is we'll leave some people behind because the fundamental underpinnings of what got us to where we're thinking have been not purposely left out of the conversation, but we didn't start there because we wanted to create efficiency. We wanted to get to the action, get to the applied part of this and get some difference out there in the world happening, make some changes. But we know something. And one of the things we know is that this change is really based upon maturing these concepts and owning them philosophically, which sounds fluffy and kind of funky, but actually is relatively significant to what we want to talk about because that's actually where we are. We're on a journey and the journey has a clear, at least to me, a clear starting place. 
And that starting place is you have to begin at the beginning and then help everyone in your organization build the ideas and concepts so that they can actually get to the place where you are, where you no longer have to begin every conversation at the beginning, but you still do because there's always going to be people that need to be a part of the journey. Like for instance, an example I would give you is you really have to start with the fact that people make mistakes. And the reason you have to talk about making mistakes is because at some point you have to talk about blame. But you can't really talk about blame until you talk about mistakes. Because remember, blame makes a mistake a choice. But in fact, a mistake is just a, it's just a deviation from an expected outcome. It, it's, it's unintentional. It's, it's a mistake. And what's amazing is it's easy to say, well, everybody knows that. Everybody gets it. And yet, think of the times when you've been doing the work you do where the fact that a mistake was made, an unintentional deviation was made, is actually really enlightening and changes the conversation because we tend to think of mistakes as choices. And we have to crack that code before we can go much further on in our discussion. That's an example of kind of starting at the beginning, not starting where you are. And that's a big, <laughs> I mean, that's a, a gigantic introduction to what I want to talk about today. And that's why I said, keep me honest, stay on me, because the ability to drift into sort of the theoretical underpinning of how organizations change and idea maturity and those notions it's really attractive to talk about. Well, actually, I wouldn't suggest this is attractive to talk about. It's actually kind of tedious to talk about. But I feel like I, I can't beat this drum enough because it's one of the things that's missing. It's one of the things that goes away, at least in my observation of the world. But this isn't really where I want to spend our time today. Today, when I, when I talk to you, what I want to talk about is really the idea that the separation between success and failure is not nearly as big as we want it to be. So let's begin with the basic definition of what an accident is. And let's use Eric Kalnagel's definition because it's a really great one. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a good way to think about failure, operational failure. And Hallnagel says, an accident is an unexpected combination of normal performance variability. So what is the most important word in Hallnagel's definition there? Hmm. Unexpected combination of normal performance variability. Hmm. hmm let's think about that. Probably normal. And then maybe performance variability, if you look at those three words as a triad. And that idea that an accident is this unexpected combination of normal things, that's a pretty interesting idea and kind of an advanced way to look at even Perot's idea of normal accident theory. You're, you're kind of building a case, not kind of, you are building a case that all the components necessary for a failure to happen live in your system pretty much all the time. And that what happens is they combine in such a way 
that the failure becomes successful, which is a very heady concept, I'll grant you, and not everybody will get it. But, I mean, that's what happens is all the components, all the conditions necessary for the failure to happen align in such a way that the failure actually happens. The failure is successful. Now, that idea is really the basic premise for all of the work we've done for years and years and years and years and years, a long time, around high reliability, human and organizational performance, even resilience thinking is built around this idea that the conditions necessary in order for the failure to happen are in the system all the time. And that idea is important. And the reason it's important is they're, they're kind of three, I don't know if you'd call them themes or three ideas that are built upon that. So the first thing is the idea that variation in a performance of a system is normal. So if we talk about the black line, blue line, and we talk about the blue line being all squiggly and wiggly, twisting and turning, the thing about the twisting and turning, the squiggly and wiggliness, is that generally speaking, that is normal work. So if you draw a, a very straight black line and talk about the work as planned, and then you draw a squiggly blue line, pretty much everybody you draw that model for will say, well, that's normal work. And they would be exactly right. That is totally normal work. And variation is normal. So we can't really remove variation from a system because we live in a world that's complex. We live in a world where there are many things that influence, that interface, that couple with the work we do. And the crazy thing is that variation in performance is normal and it can actually be a good thing. In fact, I would take it one step further and tell you that I think variation is normal and the fact that workers adaptively manage variability in real time is kind of the story of success. That's how work is done. The issue is, and it really is an issue, is that variation is normal, but our systems can only handle so much of the normal variation that's in the process. And so now you have a world filled with variability, uh, changes is maybe a better way to say that, and you have workers constantly adapting to those changes, detecting and correcting, uh, adjusting in real time, improvising, if you will. And that is normal. That is how work happens all the time. And you know that's true. You know I'm not a big fat liar because that's a pretty good description of what you do for a living every single day as well. I mean, it's kind of a description of how we swim through this complex sea of life. That was kind of a nice metaphor. Don't you think it was kind of romantic? The fact, however, that we can reach the edge of how much our systems can handle, how much variability the system is prepared to accept, that's actually what we think about and kind of why we go to work. I mean, that that's... That's what keeps us up at night or what we think about or how we process or how we build controls, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that, that's, that's a huge part of it. Now, that's important. That makes a huge difference. And you know how in the giant introduction to this that I thought was a bit rambly and I told you to correct me? I talked about starting at the beginning. You have to begin at the beginning. That is kind of the beginning of the discussion, that there's no such thing as perfect work. 
There, there will never be work that doesn't have variation and that always, always, always the formal work control tools we use, procedures, processes, rules, regulations, those kind of things, they'll always be less than adequate. They'll always be a bit insufficient. They'll never be enough to actually reflect reality because plans can't plan for unplanned events. Plans can't plan. The plans have a really hard time managing variation. Variability is really hard for plans. It, it just is because, you know, if we plan for it, then it's in the plan, but then it's not a variability. It's something we plan for. So, so we know that we're running this foot race and the foot race is filled with lots of zigs and zags, lots of changes. And we know that for the most part, those changes aren't bad. In fact, oftentimes can lead to innovation or, or great ideas or cool outcomes. But that at some point, we'll get to a zig or a zag, a twist or a turn, that will be just enough that it will be more than our systems can handle. It will be more than our, our, our margins, our recoverability, the space between the blue line and the red line can handle. And that fundamentally is pretty significant to what we think about. Now, the second part of this is that things actually go right most of the time. Or that is at least how it appears, right? It, now, that's kind of an oversimplified statement because really what we know, we just built the case that what happens is normal variability is managed within the system. It's managed by adaptive improvisational workers who are detecting and correcting. So if we think that things go right most of the time, we therefore kind of automatically think that when something goes wrong, well, that, that's got to be an anomaly. That's got to be abnormal. That's got to be some kind of freaky outcome. So let me build this case again, just in case I lost you. So it looks like the system works stable all the time because people are managing variability, they're detecting and correcting, and they're adapting. But because it looks like the system is stable, when things go wrong, the company thinks, holy crap, that's a freaky abnormal event that's an accident oh my gosh the top of the pyramid has been reached but in fact here's what we know it appears that things go right most of the time but we know variation is normal and that our system has the ability to manage a certain amount of variation because our workers are adaptively detecting and correcting and so, therefore, when something goes wrong, it's not a super freaky event. It's not abnormal. We didn't climb to the top of Heinrich's Pyramid. What happened is we got to the edge of what our system could handle, and it became more visible. We saw it. We felt it. It had a consequence. Now, that takes us really to the summation of all this. When performance variability is bigger than what our systems can tolerate, accidents 
should be expected. And so accidents aren't the presence of risk. Accidents are actually the maximum variation tolerance of our system. We've actually pushed the system beyond what it can handle. And understanding that, that actually builds a strong case for Eric's definition. Accidents are the unexpected combination of normal performance variability. In fact, we reached the maximum amount of slack that our rope could handle, and it pulled the rope really tight, and it broke it. Now, knowing that becomes really quite vital to understanding events. And that is the point of today's podcast. So I'm not sure there are any leading indicators. I don't want to disappoint you and break your heart. I mean, people talk to me about them all the time. Leading indicators this, leading indicators that, blah, 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 blah. I listen and act like I care. But I'm relatively certain, and I could be wrong, correct me if you want to, we don't have any real predictive leading indicators. It's just not how it works. And the reason is, is because we're looking at accidents as something that is predictable, not as the unexpected combination of normal. And we're seeing accidents as a flaw in the system, an anomaly, a freaky event, when in reality, what accidents are, are an example of where our system no longer had the ability to manage the variation that was happening on a somewhat normal basis. So understanding that actually helps us, in a way, learn before things happen. But we're not looking really for the presence of failure. What we're looking for is the space between variation, the blue line, and the system's capacity which I guess maybe could be the red line. And part of our challenge is, and I do think it's a real challenge, it's, it's the reason we should think about it, is that I think oftentimes the organization itself believes that there's a huge space between normal work and the accident. And what we learn is that oftentimes the separation between normal work and failure is not nearly as big as we think it is. That's something to think about. I mean, that's actually pretty important for us to think about. But it means we have to teach some new ideas to describe normal operations we have to talk about variability in a way that it's both positive and negative. And we have to build a case that, in fact, when something bad happens, it's not some freaky alien-induced event from outer space. It's actually a signal that our system had reached the tolerance of what it was able to handle as it relates to the 
notion, the idea of normal performance variability. That idea is important. In many ways, that idea helps build a case for the way we think about managing work. Now, that said, I'm not sure how deep you need to go into this conversation with the workforce. I don't I don't really know. You'll have to tell me because I don't have a good handle on this of how deep we go down this theoretical rabbit hole with the people who do the work or the people who lead the work or the people who manage the work or even the executive team. But I do think at some point the tools we use to understand failure have to reflect this idea that variation happens all the time and is mostly good. And that our systems function well, not because the system is incredibly well designed, but in fact because the people are incredibly good at adapting to variation. Now that line is probably pretty much the reason we're talking on this podcast today. And that when you think about success, it's not a product of following the procedure perfectly, because that probably won't lead to success because the procedure has a really difficult time managing variability. When you think about success, what success is, is work that happens within the normal tolerance, within the normal margins, within the space we have for flexibility, given the fact that normal operational variation happens all the time. So failure is not some freaky top of a pyramid. Failure is actually a place where your system no longer had the capacity to manage the unusual or uncommon or abnormal combination of normal performance conditions. That is something to chew on. I mean, seriously, that's really an interesting way to think about this. And the fact, I guess, at least to me, that that I find most interesting is that that separation between normal work and failure, I, I actually think we believe in our organizations that that separation is really big. But in fact, when we look at normal work, when we go out and talk to people who do the job, when we look at the presence of risk and simultaneously the presence of tolerance or control or capacity, that's when we realize that the lines are oftentimes really thin and that many times we get close to reaching that maximum capacity of what the system can handle. There, I think, if it exists, there is the place where we can understand and predict potential conditions that are necessary for the failure to happen. That is why I don't think we have a lot of leading indicators. Because we want leading indicators to be bellwethers, to be temperature takers, to be red lights and sirens and buzzers to that freaky top of the pyramid kind of theory of accident. But in reality, what we have is something very different. 
that something very different is normal performance variability and the separation that exists between that and the very edge of the system in which the work happens. How do we do? Did I lose you? I was so... <laughs> I might have, too. I might have lost you. I was so worried that this one would be this... It's a lot of heady concepts that don't really lend themselves to discussion very much, especially in a world where we still hold on desperately to the old idea that accidents are all preventable and that they're a function of at-risk behavior and that they're super climbs to the top of the pyramid and we should stop them immediately. The problem is, is that's not true. We know that's not true. It's never been true. I mean, it sounds great because it's elegant and it's predictive. And if workers just behaved better, the world would be a better place, right? We got all that going on. But it actually leads us away from this idea of understanding variability and variation in performance and really system capacity, which is the discussion we've had. And I suppose if you really pushed me, the pandemic that we've been a part of for the last three years um, has helped us understand that all the things that are weak and fragile and brittle are, they were weak and fragile and brittle before the pandemic. I mean, these aren't new, weak, fragile brittlenesses. They were there. And that what happens is when, when an event goes beyond the tolerance of system, then those weak and fragile and brittle parts of the system become really visible. And that's kind of the discussion we want to have. But it gets really, I mean, as you know, you've been on this journey. We've been, I mean, we're, we're having the pod, right? It gets really heady. It's a little bit, it's a little bit like, you know, smoking doobie and sitting in a dark room listening to Pink Floyd-ish, if you know what I mean. It's in that sort of, that sort of genre of uh, conversation. Um, but it's not, it's, it's, it's actually quite doable once you sort of break down the hurdles and talk about it in a different way. And I think that's really what the goal of the pod was today is to have that conversation in a different way. I'm curious what you think. I'm curious if this worked first of all, because it's, this was hard. I mean, this wasn't easy. This one was hard. And I wanted to have this conversation just because I think it's time and remember the theme of kind of going back to first ideas, first principles is one that I'm thinking about this year a lot is that I don't want to drift too far away from the concepts that we've built upon um, just because I think if we lose the the track of those concepts, if we lose the identity of those concepts, then we lose some of the foundation upon which all these ideas are built. And this really does come from multidisciplinary science really throughout the world and it's the way we think about things like resilience and reliability and how humans perform and it's kind of fun that is the pod i mean good luck i hope you enjoyed it it's always fun to hang out with you tell your friends thanks for listening that makes a huge difference learn something new every single day have as much fun as you possibly can be kind to each other that's important check in on one another and for goodness sakes you guys be safe (laughs) 